0: Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Hey Ben, how's it going? Oh,
1: good. Good. How are you, Glenn?
0: <laughs> a little frustrated that I spent the last uh, 20 minutes trying to figure out a sound issue. Hey, give yourself some credit. It only took 18 minutes. Oh, well, thanks. And you were so supportive during it, too, which made me feel like my work is appreciated.
1: Yeah, we got there as a team. I, I feel like I was part of the solution.
0: <laughs> Do you? agree?
1: Yeah.
0: So how you been, Ben? How's your week been?
1: Oh, it's terrible! I got to get back to the office. I'm I'm going crazy. Are you? No, I'm just kidding. I love this. Oh, okay. Well, I thought I I don't want to go back to work. I don't. I don't understand these people who, when they retire, they keep they want to keep working, or when they win the lottery, they say they'll keep their job. Like what? What the hell's wrong with these people? This is great. I'm I'm on my third week of furlough now. I, I couldn't be happier. Are you? Yeah.
0: You were making certain jokes earlier that made me think, oh, it's finally happening because I spent a year working from home. And I did have the ability to go out with friends afterwards, so that's what kept me sane But um, you know, at the end of the workday. But um, the whole working from home and not going anywhere really sucks. It's driving me crazy. I figured yeah, you hadn't been getting there yet. You're not there I think yet? the
1: problem with you, well, I'm not working from home, though. I'm just at home, which is great. Well, it's the same I, thing. I'm not working. I'm, I'm furloughed. No, it's not the same thing.
0: Uh, the fact that you just kind of never leave the house. Like, are you still going out and taking big walks all the time?
1: You're goddamn right, I am.
0: All right, fine. Good job. You know,
1: I you. went on a, uh, a hike last uh, Friday, I believe it was, and mm-hmm. saw the, the largest snake I've ever seen in the wild. It was very big. In Minnesota? Where the hell was Yeah. It, what was it? Did you look it up later? Looked it up. It was a bull snake. Okay. And it was a good, I'd say, at least four feet long, probably. Totally poop. It was a big, big, thick snake. Do you want me to... I can send you a picture of it right now. Would you like to see this snake in question?
0: All right, fine. Did you actually take a picture of it? Is that what you're sending me? Of
1: course I took a picture of it. That's the whole point of going for hikes, so you can see stuff. <laughs> and then if it's really good, you take a picture of it, right? All right, fine. I, you know, I don't have to send you the picture. No, if no, no, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I don't I'm right it, here. I, again, why is your attitude so bad? Sour puss. I'm trying to share with you the wonders of nature. Oh, I got your text message. Oh my god, that thing's fat. Isn't it? It's fucking huge. I've never seen anything that big. It was pretty cool. Holy shit, that thing's huge. Yeah. How about that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where did you see this again? Was it was it, at uh, William O'Brien State Park.
0: Oh, wow. I thought all we had was uh, gardener snakes. I think it's it. uh, garter
1: is the word you're looking for. It's not. It's, uh, it, actually, you're incorrect. It's gardener. It, I don't believe it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, yeah, that's, that's the only... I've only ever seen garter snakes out in the wild, and I saw this guy just uh, sunning himself, and I was like, holy shit. That's crazy. Um, And I was actually um, with a a friend of mine. He was hiking with me. We, uh, of course, kept our distance the entire time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I didn't even see this thing. I almost stepped on it. I was, like, looking in the other direction, and then he uh, yelped like a little girl and pointed at the snake. I'm like, holy shit. Ah, Here we go. Yeah.
0: Always with the emasculation, Ben. That's all you ever do is emasculate people.
1: He would readily admit that he made a funny noise.
0: Huh. Were you keeping your six feet away from this person?
1: Of course, yeah. Yeah, Of course you weren't.
0: (laughs) It's like me when I went to the neighbor's house uh, last weekend. Uh, You know, you try to keep your distance, but they don't really pay attention. They stumble past you and whatever. Uh, And now I might have the COVID.
1: Uh yeah. Yeah. Tell me tell me about that. You mentioned that earlier today. Yeah. In that text you,
0: I might uh yeah. it's I'm not sure. Uh basically what started out is a low grade fever, which I actually looked this up to make sure I'm just not making up the term or making up what I think the definition of it is. Uh between ninety eight point six and ninety nine like eight or something weird like that. That's considered a low grade fever where it's
1: not normal, but it's not like a real fever. Well, people also just vary in their temperature too, don't they? Like,
0: yeah, but I think you never are supposed to get too far into the ninety-nine point. Like, if you get past ninety-nine point yeah. five, then it's like, eh, it's a little higher than your body just doing its fluctuations. But
1: they say like ninety-eight point six is normal or whatever, but I don't think it's like that precise.
0: Ever. No, that's just a guideline, but yeah. Yeah, so. Anyway. anyways, so, they, when you hit 100.4, then you officially have a fever. Is okay. supposed to be the guide. Like that's coming from I actually like looked this up on the Mayo Clinic and stuff because I'm not going to some weird familyhealth.com and whatever else. So,
1: um and but, also don't don't listen to the advice of the president.
0: Well, I've been trying I would totally inhale uh, f- like Formula 409, but yep. I don't have any oh okay so I guess that's the only thing stopping me from actually curing myself as according to the president of the United States of America (laughs) or with a doctor's aid with the aid of a doctor what about injecting some cleanser into your (laughs) bloodstream
1: yeah you guys are gonna look into that right
0: so bad and I love so, the hoops that people go through to defend him even after he says something like that just amazing
1: well then he he said he was being sarcastic I'm like well first of all no he wasn't second of all he clearly doesn't know how sarcasm works
0: no I, well think of the uh, the logic behind his argument the logic behind his argument being that he's being sarcastic to more or less fool or make a fool out of the people he considers his enemies But if he did that, intending to, like, he believes he could actually fool someone into thinking that that's real, that means that he thinks that they do it and that they die and he's okay
1: with it. Yeah. I so his know.
0: argument has holes all over it. <laughs> it's almost
1: almost like he didn't think through the original statement or his pathetic attempt to cover his ass. Yeah. Exactly. Um, anyway, so back back to you. Let's talk about you, Glenn. Oh, uh, no, sure. Let's talk about you, for a do you. Do you get tested now? What's what's what happens to you now?
0: They won't test me. It turns out because I am forty six years old. I am not uh, diabetic. I don't have any kind of weight issue or anything. There's a lot of like I'm just kind of average. I don't have any other issues. I'm not like going through cancer treatments. Or having heart issues or anything like that. So they say, basically, um, they say that my symptoms fall in line with having the disease. And I said, great, so when can I get tested? And they said, well, you have to basically have to come into the hospital. Like, you'd have to be here because you need a respirator, and then we'll test you. But they don't. Apparently, they don't have that many tests yet.
1: Okay, because that, that's one of the steps for reopening things, right, is to have more widespread testing so we're not... We're not there yet, is what you're telling me.
0: Yeah, I guess the uh, what was it the U of M said that they were gonna try to produce like twenty thousand more tests or something. I forget what that what they were saying, but
1: yeah, U of M or Mayo or whoever is yeah, yeah.
0: something here in Minnesota. But they're talking about how they're just gonna have this huge influx of supply for testing. But um, the problem is is that it's not there yet. So basically, okay. they're saving the tests for people that actually come in, and they're saving the tests for like the people that are frontline staff that actually have to deal with them.
1: So, anyways, no testing so for me. When I there, what? I was just going to ask: when there are enough tests, then will you get? Will you be near the front of the line to get tested to confirm that you had it, or do you know?
0: Um, I'm just I don't, curious about all this. No, they they didn't say anything along those lines. So they said, uh, "Oh, and also with all my symptoms, with a low grade fever and stuff, a uh, sore throat, um, and a mild cough." But again, this also could just be a normal virus, so it's not guaranteed that I have it or anything. The way to find out for sure is if I could get tested.
1: Testing, yeah.
0: So uh, they said you basically have to treat yourself like you have the virus, so don't go out shopping, don't go out doing anything, and just stay home and blah, blah, blah. And they said you have to basically wait. Once my symptoms are gone, I have to wait seven days to make sure they don't come back, and then I can consider myself free
1: and clear. So how long is, have you... When did this start? When did you...
0: Uh, I've had it since last Monday. So it's been seven days that I have had the symptoms. They've never gotten worse or better. They're just staying the same every day. Yeah. It's pretty awesome.
1: <laughs> so, so, yeah. Like, I, I gotta say, you don't sound terrible. So are you are you feeling relatively okay? Or what's your...
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I feel okay. I feel kind of feverish. And I'm definitely tired. I've slept like twice already today. Taking like two different naps. And uh, going to bed at like 8 o'clock at night kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, I'm just tired as hell all the time. And my throat hurts and I feel feverish. But not the end of the world. I can still function. I've been like doing my job for work and everything.
1: Um, I had an online date last week. That's some social interaction.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Start over. So you did not add in uh, this little tidbit. You had an online date? Yep. We talked about how that should be a thing and all of a sudden it's happening so what happened well
1: well wait wait let's let's not say it's happening it happened
0: yeah so what it was might the not experience like
1: well obviously it's not quite as good as the real thing uh, it's a little yeah. it's not the same
0: No, of course it's not the same.
1: So, that was fine. I don't know. I I liked her. She seemed like she was my type, I thought. But uh, she apparently did not think the same of me. And uh, we're not going to continue to date virtually or otherwise. Oh, boy. That's funny. So.
0: That's the problem. Dating is all about the pheromones, Ben. It's all about your musk.
1: I know. If If she can't smell me. I, I, what do I have?
0: <laughs> no. Plus, what are you gonna do? You gotta like. You don't have like a good lighting up in there. Where's your Where's your splashlight? No. Where's the yeah, back light? I'm not getting by stuff.
1: on looks. Yeah, that, no. that's for sure. I, she needs to. She needs to be able to inhale my essence. She absolutely
0: needs to inhale your essence, and that's the thing. That's the reason why you always like lift weights and stuff before you go out, because you got to get that body pumping out the good stuff. I watched on HBO, uh, Bad Education. <clears throat> with Hugh Jackman in it, he looks like human shit. Have you seen close-ups of Hugh Jackman? That guy does not look good. All of his Wolverine movies, not that I've watched yeah. very many, I've only seen like one, I think, and that was like 10 years ago. Ah, he looks fine, but there's no close-ups. In this one, close-ups, he looks horrible. So if Hugh Jackman can look bad with the wrong lighting, uh, imagine what, do you, what, what odds do you have with your webcam and then the light I, coming from your one window.
1: <laughs> I have a lot of windows. Where, where are you talking about? You,
0: well, do you, yeah. so you're saying you have fantastic lighting. So you failed this just based on the the, the quality of conversation.
1: I, I guess so. Yeah, she she wasn't feeling the connection, and so.
0: Did she make a sour face for the entire conversation?
1: No, I thought it went well. I was a little surprised that uh, she didn't want to continue. I thought uh, we'd do it again sometime, but she. Didn't want to. So, no, well, she's good at being polite. She is. Yeah. She, she let me down gently. So, I, uh, I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> well, you know, the nice thing about, uh, so wait, how did you, what did you use when you were doing the video date? Like, was it Skype? Was it
1: Zoom? Zoom? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you can't you don't have her like a username that you could just start harassing her. Like I see that you're online, and <laughs> like trying to start up another video chat with her. <laughs> uh,
1: I don't. I don't know why I'd want to do that.
0: And it'll be creepy. I mean, what else you got going on? <laughs> Besides not social distancing with your hiking buddies.
1: I, I, again, I told you that we we kept our distance. I don't know yeah, why probably, you don't leave me. Probably not. Hey, You're the one shipping disease- ridden children back and forth across town.
0: <laughs> Take it up with the ex-wife, Ben. It's yeah, okay. a battle no one's going to win. Anyways, well, did you read your book?
1: Did you finish your book? I did finish my book, and I actually have two books to talk about. I finished one.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! All I right. finished
1: another one like last weekend around the same time we finished that super depressing one that we both read. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, before Before we get into that, though, um, in the uh, aftermath of reading on the beach and Mm -hmm. I just want to sleep for like three days to collect myself. Mm -hmm. Um, on last week's episode, I kind of forgot all about the solid gold material that as always Gretchen provided.
0: I know. Uh, once we finished and hung up, I'm like, Oh, nothing from Gretchen, but I thought maybe she just didn't offer anything this time.
1: No, she did. I just, my, my mind was not, my, my head was elsewhere after reading that, that book. Yeah, blame the book. That's fine. It, it, it messed me up. Hey, it messed you up, too, I thought. That book, had, that was a depressing book.
0: I still ate a sandwich afterwards. I still moved on with my life. But go yeah, on. Yeah,
1: I did. I did, too. But I'm just saying my, maybe my head wasn't as clear as normal. And I forgot about the material that Christian provided. Well, what did she provide? Well, first of all, she has a gardening tip.
0: <laughs> now this, this is the juicy stuff I've been waiting for. Go on.
1: Uh, Her tip is, uh, you can plant your radish seeds any time now. They can take a little frost, and Mm. they are ready to eat in as little as
0: three weeks. Yeah, fuck yeah. All right, yeah, three weeks. Radishes,
1: yeah. Aren't radishes a Mm -hmm. pretty good source of vitamin
0: C? Maybe. I mean, they're the, they're just gross to eat. But yeah, I'm sure it keeps you totally healthy.
1: What do you mean gross to eat? I, I like radishes.
0: You would. now everything's coming together. Now I see why you failed so miserably at that video date. Because you're the radish eating kind of. You're probably eating a radish while you're talking to her.
1: <laughs> I'm actually eating Pez right now. <laughs>
0: Pez. Do you have a giant bowl of Pez like that time I came over to your place and you had all those uh, What were those again?
1: Banana runs. <laughs> Banana runts. Banana five, run, just like Five huge pounds bowl. of them.
0: <laughs> you were telling Audrey and I like, go ahead, have some runs. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> It was definitely a conversation piece. So do you have a giant bowl of Pez?
1: No, I have a Pez dispenser. You don't eat Pez out of a bowl. You eat him out of a dispenser. That's the only reason to eat Pez.
0: If you're a, a true, like, game player when it comes to Pez, you're going to skip the dispenser formalities, the, the song and dance, the pageantry of the dispenser. You're just going to pour them all into a bowl and just eat them that way.
1: Well, I guess that's not me. I, I like the dispenser. All right, fine. I... God, what's your, such a sourpuss? Is this the COVID talking? Is it might be the
0: COVID talking, plus not inside. leaving the house. Yeah, it's horrible. I only ever talk to people through texting. I'm going out of my mind.
1: This is Maybe you should go on an online date.
0: Um, yeah, that'll work out well.
1: I'm well, only not getting with that attitude. For fatter. fuck's sake. Geez. I'm not
0: an attractive man anymore. I've spent enough months here at the house that uh, my body is just going to shit. I look like human garbage. But well, don't breasts, show your body uh, on real the video bro- call, well, just no, your face,
1: your beautiful face.
0: So you're going to say you wore a shirt during your video date? Yeah. Why? You're supposed to show the goods.
1: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, uh, if I have another one, I'll try that.
0: Well, that number two, first you ate a radish during the video date. Number two, you, didn't, you wore a goddamn shirt. You got to show her what she's buying into here. She doesn't get the pheromones. You got to give her other stuff. All right, yeah. fine. Well, the one thing that didn't make me upset was the book I read. And I actually started oh, wait, wait, the second wait,
1: wait. one. Are, are we are we getting into the books? Because, like, we read different books. We're not going to have a ton of book stuff to talk about. Should we continue with the banter? I've got <laughs> a few more talking points here.
0: <laughs> All right, what's your banter? Go on, what's your talking points?
1: Well, okay, 1st we're not done with Gretchen yet because she's got some more tips from uh, George Washington.
0: Oh, okay. I thought we dropped her. Okay, go on. What George else does George Washington have to say about civility
1: um i don't know i um oh, I don't get right. these yet. Um, yet i gotta find a good one oh here here we go <laughs> um keep your nails clean and short also your hands and teeth clean Ooh. yet without showing any great concern for them so you know <laughs> put, put some effort into your appearance but not too much effort don't try too hard
0: I love that his examples are your nails and your teeth. And we already know about his teeth. But then also, don't show great concern for them. As if you're the type of person sitting at the table constantly like flouting your nails and constantly yeah. brushing your nails off and, and polishing them with your your napkin at the table. And yeah. That's just bizarre. But all right.
1: I, I've got another on one. I, uh, Mr. Washington was, I think this one is hinting he is a very uh, progressive fellow quite ahead of his time here. Be no flatterer, neither play with any that delights. Wait, all right, let me. let me Okay, I just fucked it up. He's got weird words here. Take let me two. try this again. Be no flatterer, neither play with any that delights not to be played with. I think that means no means no. <laughs> I think George Washington was a big fan of consent uh, wow. two hundred years before it was popular. To
0: well, look at him.
1: I mean, so yeah.
0: there's always going to be one in the bunch you know uh, a progressive person during that time well that was a nice little tidbit from George Washington (laughs) is there anything else uh, that Gretchen has to provide I love the gardening tip that's that's more up her alley that's what I was looking for
1: Uh, (laughs) are you going to plant some rashes now uh,
0: you know, I might. I've been doing a lot of yard work before I started getting like all sick and stuff. And um, uh, my big red fence that's outside my place that's rotting and falling apart, uh, I finally just pushed them down and took them apart and got rid of them. And then uh, there was a bunch of overgrown weeds and stuff from my neighbor's side because they got vines for some reason and all those vines were coming over to my side and making just like a huge mess. Chopped them all make? up.
1: Are they making wine?
0: Uh, I don't know what they're doing. They're The vines are like thick they're like an inch thick and brown and really brittle and i don't get it anyways so i tore all that shit up and got it all out so now my place is looking all neat neat and shiny and so i'm thinking like i got areas to grow stuff now maybe i'll try to plant something so maybe radishes will be what i do maybe it'll be my personal reward for all my hard yard work
1: you deserve it
0: i do i'm um, a good person Ben.
1: Also, you mentioned. Would you you watch the Hugh Jackman thing on HBO? What what was that?
0: Hugh Jackman. Yeah, he's he was on Bad, Bad Education, the true story of uh, a principal that wound up um, embezzling just tons of money from the school system. Okay. Would In you recommend go. it? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was good. It okay. was pretty good. I didn't think it was that bad. I also Are would me? recommend uh, Conspiracy Against the United or Conspiracy Against America.
1: The Plot Against America. Plot
0: Against America. There you go.
1: I watched the first episode of that. I haven't gone back to it yet. Um, Let me give you a tip.
0: It's six episodes long. It's not a, it's not a series. It's like a little mini series. So it's done now. Uh, The first five episodes are boring as shit. And you keep wondering when is the story going to kick in? Like it's, it's, it's slowly moving along, getting to the point. And it's like, they've only got one episode left. How are they going to get to the point? They got to the point, and it was actually really satisfying. I was like, oh, I'm glad I watched all of that.
1: Okay. So, yeah, I, I got to say, I was a little bit bored by the first episode. I saw it was getting good reviews, though, so I was mm-hmm. probably going to watch it at some point. But um... Yeah,
0: you'll continue to be bored for the second, third, fourth, and fifth <laughs> but the sixth episode is when all of that boring stuff kind of came together and makes sense. And then the okay. way the way it ends, um, yeah, it just it shows the temp like the first however many episodes is all about showing kind of the tempo and the pace of life of these people and how they're watching politically things happen around them. And then by the end, it like made it all worth it and stuff. It's hard to I don't want to give anything away. Okay, so all right, well,
1: I'll get back to it. Yeah,
0: this guy Cause I've been
1: it. I've been watching. I am. Uh, 16 years late to the party but I just started watching Lost.
0: <laughs> Have fun with that.
1: <laughs> well, it's, you know, Damon Lindelof is what uh, prompted me to do that. So, cuz he you, did uh, the leftovers and Watchmen which I enjoyed, so I figured I'd go back and check out Lost <laughs> finally.
0: Yeah, um are you on the first season or how far are you in?
1: Yeah, I'm on the first season. There's a uh, Which is great. A depressing number of episodes. There's like 123 episodes all together, so it's quite a a time commitment I'm getting myself into here.
0: Yeah, and if you're anything like me, maybe, I mean, it kind of goes into two camps. People that just think the show's fine, like, oh, it's fine, it was great. And then people like me that was just like, I invested a lot of time into that, and that ending, the way they decided on their final season to wrap it up, completely sloppy and horrible. It's, it's like I spent years watching this show trying to figure out, like, what's going on and the mysteries. First season is amazing. It's a great season. Second season, pretty good. Third season is where I started, like, the show's going off the rails. And then I forget how many seasons they had, like, five? Six. Six seasons. And, um, but, yeah, then it was like I had to make myself watch the other ones because I'm like, no, I'm going to finish this. Like, there's all these mysteries. I'm waiting to see which ones are going to get solved. And by the time they got to the last season, they clearly just made it up. It was horrible. They didn't, they didn't wrap up any mysteries that you're waiting for. And,
1: it. yeah, I'm well aware. I, I know that I don't know any, the specifics of it, but I know that there's a lot of people weren't satisfied with the ending. So I, I'm aware of that going into this. But they, yeah, Without giving anything away,
0: they literally forget about certain characters completely by the end. <laughs> like they're just like they don't mention a handful of characters that you've cared about and watched for the first three seasons. Okay, <laughs> they're just like they literally forgot about half the people in the story that you want to know what happened to them.
1: Yeah. So that's too it Have fun with um, that. Number one, I've been watching or I've finished watching now is I don't know if you've heard of this one called uh, Devs. Mm, no, it, it was good. I would I would recommend it. What's it on? It's on FX. I think I've been I was streaming it on Hulu um mm-hmm. that's pretty good it's from alex garland who was the uh, writer and director of like ex machinant i don't know if you saw that yeah yeah he did that uh annihilation so this is like an eight episode limited series on fx that so was pretty good
0: weird what's it about
1: um, I mean I suppose. could say
0: oh I watched this thing by Martin Scorsese it was very good you know like well what's the story I'm like well you always have to find out watching."
1: not <laughs> uh, Nick Offerman kind of stars in it he's um, kind of a slightly eccentric tech billionaire he has a tech company in Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and there's this kind of a uh, mysterious division of this company um, that's kind of working on sort of AI stuff but it's super advanced and then there's a uh, kind of a murder mystery involved too so just some huh. intri- intriguing sci-fi mystery drama stuff so
0: well, well well all right i'll have to look into that because i've run out of stuff to watch i don't really have a lot of time to watch stuff but the fact that i've run out already it says a lot so yeah well anyways are you ready to talk about the books now
1: well, I just want to mention to you that I'm I am still enjoying furlough overall, but I have reached the point of self isolation where over the weekend I did, for no particular reason, just rearrange the furniture in my bedroom, <laughs> and I've also gotten desperate enough where I'm like actually calling relatives just to check in on them, like
0: oh, grandparents sure. and
1: aunts and uncles and whatnot. So I've been doing you that. Know, with it's, old it's good to stay in touch with people, but it's also not something I normally do, so it's a sign that. Uh, Things aren't quite normal, but yeah, things still are going decline. well overall.
0: End you know. the decline for old Ben. Yeah, I, re- I did that. I reached out to some old coworkers because I'd be like sitting in the shower, just staring at the wall, letting the water run over me, not even washing myself. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I think, oh, I wonder what happened to that one guy I worked with uh, back, you know, with the, when I was at a different company before we got bought out. Because there's been a lot of layoffs and stuff, and I know that he survived a whole round of them. But then I haven't talked to him in like six months. And so then it was like, oh, I wonder what he's up to. So when I got out of the shower, I texted him, hey, what are you up to? And so there was a back and forth going on there. And now I'm satisfied, and I won't talk to him again for another six to eight months.
1: Well, don't leave me hanging. What, what was he up to?
0: Uh not much. <laughs> <laughs> no, he survived all the layoffs that were going on for a while. And then... Um, I was just thinking, like, with all the furloughing, and we had reduced hours, that was the thing that was going on briefly, and um, and so then I was just like, did you get hit with any of that? And he's like, no, so far we're doing good, and I was like, okay, good, and he's like, how are you, and it's like, none of your business, and so that was the end of that. Maybe this is the way it was back in the old pioneer days, when you lived in a log cabin, and you didn't see anyone, and you didn't talk to people for days, uh, you're isolated. Then you'd write a lot of letters and really kept up with family members and stuff. In the hustle and bustle of our modern world, nobody cares about that. Now look Man. at us living like a little house in the prairie over here. Suddenly, so you're reaching out to your family members and checking in on them. Yeah, I think there's a message here, Ben. What's the message? I don't want to get into it. So, you my know books. don't What? The what? Is, do you? I don't know. The message is: uh, we got to make America first. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> time to start thinking about america Always. for a change no one's yeah. thinking about that anymore <laughs> um so i will briefly go over the two books i read okay starting yeah now. i'm
1: right re- I'm, re- I'm ready for book stuff now
0: okay yeah me too i'm all out of things to say I read one book and kind of gave up on it. Then I started another book and really liked it. But that book is, I think, 600 pages. So I only got halfway through.
1: Okay, uh, so let's back up here. Because how we left it was, I was... We were, we were going to read just whatever we wanted to read. Yep. I was going to read from my pile of good books that I want to read that mm-hmm. I haven't gotten around to. You seem to be in... Insisting that you were still going to read bad books. And I Did was. you get away from that? Okay.
0: Well, then I got the COVID and thought, <clears throat> I'm just not in the mood to fucking torture myself by trying to get through a book that I don't enjoy. Like, if I'm going to sit here yeah. feeling bad, um, the book that I like, that's like six or 700 pages, uh, I wound up, like, really enjoying it. And it was, like, raining out at the time. And I was sitting on my couch by the window and reading this book. And the whole thing was great. Like I haven't had a book experience like this since Ben and I decided to make a podcast. <laughs>
1: okay. I, I don't like the implicit statement in there that you're blaming me oh, for no. not uh, enjoying reading anymore.
0: Simply a coincidental uh, statement.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, well, well how would they, what, what are the two books that we're talking about here? Well, Name the first
0: not- one, the first one that I still may finish uh, is called in the house upon uh, the house upon the dirt between the lake and the woods by Matt Bell. Uh, it's part of that list of books that are supposed to be really weird that I found. Um, okay. And I thought, okay, I'll try it. Uh, and I don't know what the time frame is like historical context, like what point in the past is this, but apparently it's just kind of roughly in the past past. And it seems like it's in America, but you don't know. And you don't know the names of the husband or the wife that get married and move into this log cabin out in the woods. By the by the lake, and um, and the husband is fixated on he really wants a baby, and the way it's written is very kind of like overly overly like if you think Hemingway is really simple in the writing, yeah. uh, this is even more simple. So it's almost like. While you're reading it, it's kind of like it's as if a caveman. Are these cavemen? No, because they built a log cabin. And it's... So I'm
1: sorry, just, just to be clear, is this the one that you were liking and really getting into, or this is the one you're not?
0: Uh, this is the one I didn't wind up really finishing. I still might go back to it, but so this one I got about halfway through. Oh, wait, did
1: through. you finish either of them? I thought...
0: Uh, no, I haven't finished either of them. The other one okay. that I do like is going to be part two next week when
1: I finish Okay, it. good. It. Uh, okay, so I just wanted... Okay. I just yeah, because be the one right I do on like
0: table. is just way too long. I couldn't get it done in a week, but
1: okay uh, and you're not gonna talk about that one this no week i'll at talk all?
0: about that uh, well, i'm just curious. okay I'm, i just want to know what what we're doing here it's, i'm just reviewing what i read yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. book review podcast
1: I know, but like I don't know what you read, and I don't know if this is the one that you were saying that you liked or not. So I'm well, glad now we established you know, that
0: this is the one I'm ambivalent towards. The okay. in the house upon the dirt between the lake and the woods by Matt Bell. Um, it's not bad. I it's off-putting because I don't understand the time frame and why it's written so simply. It's written as if it's like I don't know, like pilgrims came to America and suddenly just lived in the woods, and it's just very gruff and very straightforward and kind of brutal sort of writing style, and so like basically what as far as what I've got the husband is dying to have a baby they don't you don't know the husband's name you don't know the wife's name you know nothing you don't know where the state they live in and nothing it's just this like fantasy scenario and so the husband wants a baby the wife tries to have a baby uh, the baby's stillborn so then he out of nowhere eats the baby and then the rest of the book the baby is inside him whispering to him telling him to do stuff
1: so, uh, sounds strange,
0: yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe this will be a weird book and it'll be kind of entertaining. And so, um, the wife so- can make anything by singing, so she makes their house this, uh, sort of impossible labyrinth like it's a small cabin, but when you open the door, you go inside, and there's just a bajillion rooms, and you can go through them forever and get lost and never come out again because she keeps singing new rooms. Uh, she, he really wants a baby so then she winds up tricking a mother bear into giving up its cub because she sings to it and convinces it that the baby died and then she takes the baby and turns it into a human baby and that's as far as I got like then the mom takes off to hide from the dad and the this human bear baby uh, winds up discovering that its real mom is a bear and then the dad has to talk to the bear then the bear and this baby are looking for the mom Suddenly, in a lake, there's a squid, like a giant squid, and the squid's involved. And the the squid turns him into a squid, so then he swims under the lake for a while looking for evidence to try to help find this mom. It becomes this weird fairy tale that barely makes any sense, and I'm like, well, I'm done. (laughs) So I moved on. Okay. I guess.
1: Hmm. While you were talking about this, I I, uh, looked it up on Goodreads. Yeah. And I'm struck um, by the distribution of people's ratings of it oh what is their ratings i never looked it up it's averages 3.32 out of 5 stars Mm -hmm. and i'm just usually when i I see a book on here it's not i'm struck by the ratings they're pretty evenly distributed so so it's like three star rating is the most common rating but there's about the same number of there's not a big spread in the rating in the numbers of each rating so like About the same number of people who really liked it. There's about the same number that hated it, and there's just in the Um, middle. It's kind of a, it's a flat, pretty flat curve there.
0: Well, Alan Moore wrote a book. He's the guy that did the original Watchmen comic and uh, and everything else um, that he's famous for. Uh, He did like the.
1: So is this the other book now that you're doing? No, but uh, he was the
0: same way. He stopped doing comic books, like writing for comic books, and he started. He wrote his own novel. And it's the same thing, because it's too big, it's too broad, and he just tried to tackle too much. So there's some people like, this is genius, it's a work of pure genius, and other people like, yeah, this is the worst thing I've ever read. And I fall on the latter. Uh, so yeah, maybe that's kind of what this is, because it is too weird. It's fairytale-ish and not at the same time, and it's just weird. Okay. Yeah. But the one I did like was The Witches of New York by Amy McKay. Uh, that has turned out to be wonderful. Okay. And Delightful. The word delightful fell from my lips multiple times while reading it. Wow. Yeah, it takes the concept of, uh, it doesn't even do anything revolutionary. It's just.
1: How, how did you come across this one? You said the, the last one was one on this list of weird books. Where did this Witches of New York come from? How um, radar?
0: It was sort of on my radar for a while. It was written in like 2016. Yeah. yeah. And um, that was, it's so creepy when you're already looking up stats before I even say them. It's so weird. But uh, what are the ratings for that, Ben, before I get into it?
1: <laughs> uh, 3.84. Oh. Overall, um, it's, this one is, the ratings are much more weighted towards the top, though. A lot of three, four, and five star reviews, not many one and two star reviews. Oh. So yeah. people, people I, either kind of like it or really like it. Yeah,
0: it's not like, um, it's not like a. It just sounds insulting. It's not like a work of genius or something. It's not like this ama- like amazing literary moment or anything like that. It's just a entertaining and uh, imaginative book, and so I was just kind of enjoying it. Like it's it's not really fluff, but it's not like super
1: hard reading either or anything. So yeah, that's good. There's uh, reading should be enjoyable, and yeah. sometimes sometimes it's enjoyable to read something challenging and mm-hmm. super. It, I agree with you. Excuse me. Um, (coughs) Yeah, but sometimes it's nice just to read a well-written, entertaining book. Yep, and that's what this
0: is. Uh, They're not really revolutionizing anything. It's uh, the late 1800s. Um, Basically, the story is that there is this young girl named Beatrice Dunn, who is just sort of, like her parents died, I believe, and then she wound up living with her aunt. And during the time that she's living with her aunt outside of New York, Uh, she's just sort of reading all these papers that come from New York and stuff and she's sort of getting a sense that something big's going to happen because she's seeing all this kind of paranormal related stuff in the newspapers Um, just stuff like somebody saw their doppelganger or like ghosts haunt the Fifth (coughs) Avenue Hotel and just things like that so she's like things are happening something big's going to come up so she's like I got to get out there so she finds this job placement um, at St. Clair and Tom's Tea and Sympathy Store where it's basically they serve tea and they're also like read your palm and that kind of stuff. Uh, And they so they have a job opening, so she goes out there to that. So that's kind of like the point of that. And it turns out that they're witches, but um, it hasn't really come up to a point yet because I'm only halfway through the book. But in the beginning, they they also, as a side story, have this uh, pastor who runs a church, and he's not the brightest guy in the world, but he's a very good speaker. He can really rile people up. So there's a demon there who is watching him inspire these people religiously and so the demon's like this is perfect so what he does is he says he winds up like just shouting at the right time like witches are from the devil or whatever and then like it inspires the pastor to be like yeah we should rise up against witches we should cast them out and he's like then the demon's like this is perfect this guy's totally malleable I can use him to get all these people to attack witches the premise being that witches are the only thing that are keeping the devil and demons from reigning on this earth but they use Christianity uh, against humans to get them to go and kill off the witches because the demons can't go near witches because they're too like just generally dangerous for them. And that's the premise I'm getting from the story so far. Um, There's a lot of detail. There's a lot of different characters. There's a lot of random stuff that I've just been enjoying. Like the fifth Avenue hotel does wind up playing a major plot thing. I mean, it's a major part of the story. And the reason why it's haunted with ghosts is because uh, in New York uh, at the before that hotel was built, there's a huge pauper's grave. They just never removed the bodies. So they just built a hotel on top of it. So they're saying all these little like the ghost support people are rising up and, you know, going through the hotel and haunting it and whatever. It's just weird. It's kinda like what pe- what kids love about Harry Potter because of the fantasies of like wizards and witches and shit. And like dragons and everything else. Uh, and that's the reason why kids love Harry Potter so much. That's kind of what this is for adults that just generally like the idea of ghosts and stuff. <laughs> so that's kind of what I like about it. It's just very entertaining and well thought out so far.
1: Well, good. I'm uh, going to say it's refreshing to hear such a upbeat tone to your voice. It's uh, oh, out of character for you.
0: I know. It's it's uh, yeah. it's, it's risen above my, my COVID and uh, has yeah. entertained me. So, so
1: that's, that's it refer- for me. There's It's no refreshing really- to hear you.
0: there's like a lot of details that really aren't they're like good and I'm glad I read them details but like to sit here and list off is kind of like the different characters and why they're doing what they're doing and how like one of the witches gets these dreams but they're given to her by these weird sort of like cicada looking creatures that come to her and have been with her her whole life and so they give her these premonition kind of dreams and There's a crow involved that's been around for like 500 years. It's just, but it's all like entertaining
1: and not stupid. So I was enjoying it. I I thought you just said you weren't going to mention all these details. I
0: just listed off a couple things. (laughs) I could have gone on for hours. But anyways, yes, I am interested to see because the devil is sort of, or this demon is sort of mentioned here and there. He shows up in a a couple spots to kind of guide things. It looks like he's guiding the young girl who's going to work at the shop. Uh, she's, you know, finally got a job there. turns out she can see the dead. So that's her special gift, which is going to play out later. But this devil seems like he guided her there. Like he wants her there for a reason. So it's like, I think when I read the second half of the book, maybe that all plays out. We'll see. All right. That's it for my reviews. How about you?
1: Uh, well, like I said, I, I have two to talk about. Two books that, um, I finished cause I, f- I finished what I start.
0: <laughs> Screw <laughs> off. <laughs> but
1: um, so the first one is called The Blind Earthworm in the Labyrinth, mm-hmm. and this is a pretty short novel, it's only about 200 pages long. Um, and it was originally written in Thai. The author's name is Viraporn Nidiprafa, okay. I probably didn't pronounce that correctly. Probably not. Um, it, she wrote it back in 2013, it was just translated into English last year. Um, and it was good, I liked it. It was, um Kind of one of those just literary fiction novels that's not super heavy on plot. It's more about character and theme, and just it's kind of a tale of. of it focuses pretty much on three people: two sisters and this other um, guy, and just kind of how their lives kind of intertwine. And there's a little bit of a love triangle in there, but um, it was just a book that I enjoyed because it was. Uh, the language was, was really rich, and it was just one of those books that kind of transports you to another place. I, I felt like I was, I had a sense of being in Thailand, almost, just the way the, the sights and the sounds and the smells were described. And there was a lot of things in the book dealing with music and with um, food, so it was just really... The senses just kind of jumped off the page, and I, I can't imagine how difficult i the so the book is well written I, I enjoyed it and then i can't imagine how difficult it is though to translate something like that into english and still retain that sense of place and yeah so that's the right so i was really impressed with uh the translator's name is kong rifty um so i yeah was just, i was i appreciate the book and yeah then think I just imagine. it can't be easy to translate that either so
0: yeah I've always wondered that myself and especially with my kids uh, having been in French immersion <clears throat> all through grade school and stuff uh, you'll see them every once in a while like we'll like I forget what movie you watched, but it was in French but it had like English subtitles down below or they were watching the movie and I was just wandering around but, um, and then they both were complaining, like, why would they choose that? Like, that's not the right word. That doesn't describe what he's saying. And they would go back and forth trying to figure out what the right word would be. Mind you, these are children, not professionals. Yeah. But um, I have thought that in the past. as like, you know, reading Kafka or anything else. It's like, who's translating it where it's still like the language is good. Yeah. It's still well-written and not just kind of like a simplistic sort of style.
1: Or but, the Bible. How well, hard must it be to translate the word of God?
0: <laughs> Wait, from angel to human tongue, or do you mean from ancient Greek to Latin to English? Which where, where's the point in this chain that you're talking about? That you're yeah, all,
1: all the above. I mean, because
0: from angel to human tongue, whoever that was, uh, is a genius, a, a linguistic genius that was able to transcribe that. But then, yeah, from Greek to Latin, uh, yeah, we could go on for hours, Ben. Oh, yeah. I know so much about it. Anyways. What was the other book you read? You said you read two.
1: Yeah. So the other one was a nonfiction work by Eric Larson. His latest one called "The, the Splendid and the Vile." Oh, that's right. A saga of a Churchill family in defiance during the Blitz. Yep. Um, you said you were going to read that. So how did that turn out? I did. I read it uh, again. I read it in its entirety. How much? How it. many pages was that one? Uh, this is about 500 pages.
0: Oh wow! Look at you. Because I was going to say, your first book was about yeah, 200 I'm on, I'm on pages. And I was going to say, I read about 300 pages already. And I was going to say, well, yeah. it looks like I basically read your book. But all right, fine. 500 pages on top of that. Apparently someone's a speed reader.
1: Go on. Well, no, I just, I don't. I'm unemployed right now. It's great. <laughs> this is what I wanted. It's working out as planned.
0: <laughs> they you just get to get paid to sit around your house and masturbate and yeah. read. And then take yeah, the government's pages.
1: pay me, yeah, to eat Cheez-Its and... Jerk off and <laughs> read literary fiction. <laughs> so the American say, dream.
0: Did you jerk off right before your video date? Uh, because that also sends a wrong vibe. No matter how hard you try to correct it.
1: It did during surreptitiously. <laughs> I don't think she knew.
0: Oh lord.
1: <laughs> um, anyway, so I uh, I think in general I read a lot more fiction than nonfiction. I probably three quarters of what I read is fiction um, mm-hmm. and also just in general I try to read a variety of different authors I don't usually read a lot of stuff by the same author but Eric Larson is kind of an exception to both of those mm-hmm. for me um, he's the one who wrote The Devil in the White City mm-hmm. um, which I enjoyed a lot and I think I read that a long time ago and I think I remember that being a book that kind of got me back into reading um after college and just kind of party days in my early and mid-20s and Mm -hmm. I asked for book recommendations from a good friend of mine who is an English teacher and she always has good book recommendations so kind of decided I wanted to get back into reading so um Eric Larson kind of holds a a special place in my literary heart because he kind (laughs) of helped me get back into reading and um, for the if you're not familiar you've said you've read a couple of his books right? Yeah. And um, I just really enjoy reading he does you know nonfiction, but he writes it in a way that's almost novel-like and he um, will take a piece of history like this one is about Churchill and his, his first year in office as prime minister during World War II and just dealing with the Blitz but it's not like a boring or dry military history he takes source material from like people's personal diaries and and whatnots um and just crafts a really intriguing narrative and puts a uh, kind of a human touch on these historical goings-on and mm-hmm. um and yeah i've always enjoyed everything of his i've read and this was no exception huh. um it's yeah it's really true just like i said it covers churchill's first year in office uh from may of 1940 to may of 1941 and the germans were beginning to bomb london quite a bit and england in general and just um you kind of painting a picture of how he dealt with that and those people around him his family and some of his advisors and just kind of what was going on in england and london at the time and then he also takes time to kind of talk a little bit about what was happening on the German side of things too so um, just a really oh, good, good read um, what did they, what did he, how did he paint Churchill
0: uh, because I do know that he had a lot of problems too like he was could like he was for example he could be unreasonable like he was obsessed with trying to turn icebergs into type of warship uh, and that was something his advisors had to talk him out of and get him to stop
1: bringing up all the time. <laughs> so, um, and his yeah, drinking that actually, habits
0: and everything else. But
1: he, Yeah, so he, he <laughs> drank a lot. He had uh, <clears throat> he didn't keep a very tight personal budget, apparently. He was always in debt. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something he was dealing with. But, yeah, he did drink a lot. Um, I, I think overall, though, he was painted as being a pretty... just likable, but like a larger-than-life character. Um, just really charismatic and just... I guess the right leader for the right time for england then um and just right. how he handled things um but yeah what you said about like the iceberg thing they did mention that specifically in the book but there was this thing where um so they're trying to figure out how to best defend themselves against these almost nightly bombing raids from the germans mm-hmm. and one of his advisors they like the scientist guy is just nicknamed the prof short for professor hmm he had this kind of harebrained scheme to have like floating mines in the air to like mm-hmm. to have the planes like fly into them and blow up <laughs> which just did not work at all but yeah. churchill was just like obsessed with it and wanted it to work and thought it was a really neat idea and it, it kind of talked a little bit about that specifically and just in general he kind of liked kind of Gadgets like that, or mm. little gimmicky things. So yeah, that's um, <laughs> that was something that was addressed. But uh, no, it mostly talked about just how he was a strong leader, and just people got behind him, and he just had a knack for giving really good speeches that kind of roused right. the spirits of the people and right. that sort of thing. Um, I do though. I when I was finishing this up, they were kind of he was kind of tying up the loose ends and just. Talked a little bit about what happened after this first year um, and talked about Churchill and all the other characters that he had been talking about in the book. And then mm-hmm. there's a section about the Germans and kind of their aftermath of the war. And I was struck by one line, and I don't know if this has been mentioned elsewhere, but they were talking about uh, Hermann Goering being tried at the Nuremberg trials for war crimes. Um, he was found guilty, of course, because he was a terrible human being, like all the <laughs> other Nazis. Yeah, right. Um, but this one line struck me like during the trial in court, he said he was just trying to defend his actions or provide a rationale for why he helped start this war. Yeah. and uh, of course, I wanted to make Germany great. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> make Germany great. That sounds familiar.
0: Well, that's the one thing I liked about uh, the whatever against America. I, why can't I remember the name of the show? I watched all six episodes.
1: The Plot Against America. Plot Against
0: America. I keep wanting to say it's the Conspiracy Against the Human Race, that book I read that I was talking about last time, but I just want to apply this to this show. <laughs> but anyways, um, that's what I liked about that because they use terms in there like make America great again and America first. Uh, Because back during the time of Lindbergh And you know the rise of Hitler and stuff And how Lindbergh was just this open Nazi um, That was the term Which actually
1: they made mention to in this book
0: Oh, Lindbergh? Yeah, he was a huge problem yeah. back then. He was a huge problem. And, um, but he was also an American hero. So people like didn't know how racist he was and just liked him because he like flew across the Atlantic and stuff. But anyways, um, all the Make America Great Again and America First language started back then. And that was one of the things I actually, after the show was done, I was like, well, that episode was amazing. And so then they have a podcast where the director and writer and whatever review it. Um, and it was originally a book. And so they talk about you know aspects yeah, of the story. Philip Roth book, right? I've never, yeah, I'm not familiar with his work. So, but um, they talk about how when these episodes started coming out, right away, all these like Republican and conservative talk show hosts and other people were complaining about the language, the make you know America first and make America great again, being uh, like you're you're just getting political with the statement you're making in your show, and like this. The director and stuff of the show had to come out and say no that's the way they talked back then we have like film reels where you can see charles yeah. Lindbergh say make america great again
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah the problem here isn't the the show <laughs> using this language is that the current republican party uses literally uses nazi dog whistles to yeah. drive up their base like exactly. that's the problem here
0: so it's funny about like i just want to make germany great or whatever and it's like yeah, yeah. well it's just part of the kind of culture yes. and mindset so of course yeah yeah my books that I haven't finished. Yeah. Uh,
1: Do you think you're going to finish one of them by next week?
0: Oh, you're such a dick. The house on the lake one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make myself finish, but I'm already giving that one like, a. uh, I'm going to rank it up there with, hmm, we should rank it against books. We've already read on the podcast. <laughs> that pat, huh? We should, we should find rankings along those lines. Cause we've read some good ones or some mediocre ones. Uh I would say that this this one, the House on the Lake one, I would put with uh that George Saunders collection. It's like okay. eh I can see what you're trying to do. <laughs> I mean, you're an okay writer. It it's not, isn't written badly or anything, but it's just not is that Is great. the
1: writer full of him or herself, would you say? No, nah, that Ballard, aspect. Was... It
0: doesn't cover that aspect that well, no. It's just that the writing is okay, but the story is just kind of tedious and okay. that kind of thing. Um, that's sort of a George Saunders aspect. Uh, but then The Witches in New York, um, I don't know where i put that one, but I like it a lot so far. I've got to finish it. Maybe it'll okay. suck at the end. Maybe it'll be like Lost.
1: How about you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to be done with the last for several months, probably, so I'll get back to you on that.
0: Fine. What do you think about uh, your books that you finished?
1: Yeah, I like both of them.
0: Well, how would you rank uh, them?
1: I would say... Um, hmm. The Splendid and the Vile was like Starship Troopers, but way more interesting and <clears throat> more read, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But kind of, kind of war Themed so sure um the blind earth (laughs) room in the labyrinth i don't know how to compare that against anything that we read it was i don't know it was it was like bob honey but not written by a mentally challenged person yeah i don't
0: know i know that book sounds interesting i don't know if i could get into it it's kind of like um like movies that are super character driven and people like i can't think of one off the top of my head uh Oh, well, like Wolverine!
1: I'm my sorry, dinner, Jackman, right?
0: My dinner with Andre. Uh, when I was in college, everyone that was all the film kids that I hung out with, they loved my dinner with Andre. And I'm like, "Do you like it? Because you're supposed to like it, or do you really like it?" <laughs> and they're like, "No, it's really good because it's super character driven." And of course, it's character driven because the entire film is two men sitting in a di- like a dinner like in a in a restaurant, yeah. and that's it, talking for two yeah. hours, just talking. And if you don't like what they're talking about, you're bored as shit. And I just found the two characters and what they're talking about to be pretentious and long-winded and boring, and I didn't like it. But other people are like, no, there's more going on. It's like reading Ulysses. Like, on the top level, you know, you you think it's boring, but if you look deeper in, there's more to be said. And I was like, yeah, so then they're right. And so it's one of those things where so with your book, I'm sure it's really good, but I think, like, I think I get overwhelmed with all the detail and I might not like it is what I'm getting. Like, with about the food and the sounds and the, you know, culture and the people and the characters that know, are being it, fleshed it out? I don't it
1: feel like that to me, though. It wasn't where it was overwhelming with detail. It was just, I thought, richly written where... It, I don't know, the narrative was kind of I don't, nebulous and meandering a little bit. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't really mm-hmm. about plot, but it just, mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the, the feel I got from reading, it was just pleasant. It was... That's lyrical and I don't know how to describe it.
0: No, what what was the uh, they, who, who was the love interest in the story?
1: Um, well like I said, there there were the main characters kinda of were there was these two sisters and then a young man over about the same age and okay, there was so there are some hot sex scenes? Uh not hot sex scenes, but there okay. was what, what the oh, Jesus but I'm, sex I'm trying to happen here. What
0: was the what was the action like? I mean, what, what kind of like action? Was there car chase? Guns? What, what's going on? No. There is there a heist? Where's the heist?
1: Okay, uh, you're right. You wouldn't like it.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to help you here. And you're not. I don't not need help. You're, the, help. you're you. the one who needs
1: help. All right, fine.
0: Us reviewing books like this is fine, but it's not as much fun as you and I reading the same thing and complaining yeah. about it. I mean, unless it's a good book, then there's nothing to complain about. But. Uh, so yeah, reading the uh, short, smutty book Isn't going to be as much fun when I'm the one Because then all I'm doing is quoting to you And you're going to be like, I don't care I didn't read it and Yeah, i be like, Ben, there's this part where you fisted her And and then she she realized that Her problem all along Is that the fist was inside her <laughs> All along <laughs> <laughs> just, And then you'll be like, I don't care And it's not as much fun, so I don't know I guess while we're quarantined, you just keep reading books we like Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? Like, did you not hear yourself how happy you were describing the book that you're reading that you enjoyed? Why don't you stick with that?
0: Well, I'll stay up all night editing this. I'm sure I'll hear the childlike joy in my own voice over and over as I keep editing. Yeah, try, <laughs>
1: try to hold on to that.
0: <laughs> try to hold on to that? Well, yeah. all right, fine. I, maybe, if anything, I'll try to um, get into my other book uh my Work Is Not Yet Done by Thomas Ligotti. That was the one that I was thinking is going to be pretty good. So let's see how big that is because I'm a man that doesn't have all the time in the world. Mm, only 300? That's nah,
1: not that bad. Uh, you could do at least half of that.
0: Oh, I, I think I'd probably finish it. If I can wrap up the uh, well, Witches in New York, then I can definitely do that.
1: Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, you know, that's the reason why I do the audiobooks, because the time I spent doing my yard work uh, earlier in the week and everything, last weekend and stuff, like, that's time that I'm not reading yeah. Ben. I have a, uh-huh. a home to take care of. I have a deck now. I tore down the uh, screened-in porch thing that I had going on. Yeah,
1: you have kids, too. Why don't you put the kids to work, then you can read. I
0: did. My oldest daughter came out to help me push down the fence and take okay. it all apart. And then... um but that's easy because it's like balsa wood. That fence was completely rotting. And so that part was easy. But then she's like, we should take down this crappy screened in porch that's falling apart. And I go, uh, I think it's the, the beams that are holding up the screens and stuff are still pretty good. I think we could probably fix it. And she says, no, you can't. And she took a shovel and she swung it and banged it against one of the posts. And the post just fell over. <laughs> <laughs> She's 14.
1: So, she makes a compelling case, huh? I
0: know. And I was just like, okay, I guess we're taking that down. So we took that down too. And uh, now I'm a guy with like a little deck. I sat out there this morning having coffee at my deck. It was uh, I felt like every other suburban uh, person in the world.
1: <laughs> Not good for you.
0: With my creepy neighbor. This is something I should have said. Uh, my creepy neighbor, when I was outside doing stuff, he, there's this one window uh, up high where the light is always on and I'm always wondering like is anyone up there because it's on for like all night long and they never turn it off and in the morning I think they think it's still on but it's just like sunlight's out so you can't see it that well and um but no someone's up there because it's a old man that lives there and I think his daughter who's like 20 something is living with him now and she brought her boyfriend and her boyfriend is a complete douchebag. So when I was outside doing yard stuff and tearing down stuff, at one point he opened up the window and leaned out to look to see what we're doing, because I guess we were offending him by being too loud, even though it's like two in the afternoon. Yeah. And he didn't have a shirt on. And he had like a bunch of necklaces. So he's just very, very creepy and very douchey. Uh, He just stood there and just watched. So I got done tearing down something and I looked around and I saw him up there. So I stared at him and he stared at me and he didn't say anything. And I didn't say anything, so I kind of got back to work a little bit. Then I stopped, turned around, and he's still there staring at me like he's angry at me. So I stared back at him without flinching for, like, a long time until he finally closed the window. (laughs) Wow. Like, it became a standoff of who's alpha here or something. It was weird. The COVID... And the confinement And and wait
1: you're trying to tell me you were the more alpha one
0: It's kind of like the who speaks first loses That's what happened except With our gazes Ben With our gazes So uh, that was a lot of fun Um, I held his gaze and I won And so now uh, yeah uh, Basically I'm having some sort of war With my neighbor now So that's a lot of fun so I was sitting out on my deck uh, I would sit there sipping on my coffee Like a little gentleman and on my laptop, and then I'd look up at the window every once in a while, like, you see me over here? You see how I've won in my life? I'm not living with my girlfriend's dad. I'm full <laughs> of anger. A lot of rage. Uh, and its I think it's all the COVID and the staying inside is making me like the crabby old man. This is the reason why all the boomers, like all the old people, get so angry about kids on their lawn. That's what's happening to me.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: it's a lot of fun. So, yeah. I'll
1: well, I'm try looking to forward me. to uh, talking again next week to see how much more you've deteriorated. I by
0: know, that. gone to just tailspinned from here. Yeah. yeah, who knows? If you give me another month, maybe I'll wind up being racist and stuff. You have no idea. Like, if anything, this is a, a kind of experiment into seeing how how seniors get the way they get.
1: You could just do that with me right now. So I'm unclear as to what exactly you're blaming this on. Is it the virus or is it just suburbia in general or the isolation? What? I,
0: I think it's the isolation and no maybe the suburbia too. Um, I think it's that, because, yeah, okay. I'm uh, I'm getting real fussy, Ben. I was actually talking about this with some other people when we did a little video chat. No, not dating, just friends chatting. I don't know if you're familiar with that sort of thing. And then uh, we talked about how we're all getting really angry for no reason, just like our dads are doing. So, yeah, next time we talk, maybe it'll just be
1: worse. Well, maybe that's another reason that you should read a book that you think you might enjoy, instead of reading a book that might just anger you.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, I have been eyeing this one Rush Limbaugh one that came out a few months ago. So <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of really good things to say. <laughs> you know, I can't even say that with a straight face without giggling like an idiot.
1: I may not agree with his opinions, but I sure as hell respect him.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe that's how it starts. You know what, Ben? The reason why I'm reading Rush Limbaugh's new book is because I might not agree with what he's saying, but I will march for his right to be able to say it. <laughs> and then it's just a, like a, a next week after that, like, I don't like black people. <laughs> it's just like you just watch me deteriorate that quickly. All right. Well, are you going to scream, book boys? Are you going to whisper? What do you got, What's going on?
1: I don't think I want to scream that at you, given how fragile your state seems to be. So,
0: <laughs> That's true. Is we'll let it fragile. go this week. <laughs> all right, fine. I know, and I'm going to have my kids all week, so there's no time for me to sit with my scotch, looking out my living room windows with all the oh, lights off.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you, are you having a scotch right now? No. Okay, I, well, at the uh, beginning, I think before you even started recording, I thought I heard a, a glass with some oh, ice yeah, cubes nice, swimming uh, around.
0: I've been uh, addicted to bubbly. Okay. Yeah, it's the Coke product. Uh, it's carbonated water that finally, finally someone did it right.
1: Yeah, I'm familiar <laughs> with bubbly.
0: Yeah. I just I'm love that on the entire market of like a million companies that all make uh, carbonated water, then all of a sudden Coke's like, we got to get it on the action, but we're going to be the ones that do it right. And... Uh, but uh, since I have to have all my groceries delivered, since I'm not supposed to leave the house and go anywhere, uh, I certainly don't want to be breathing all over people at the uh, Jerry's Foods, that uh, I have to get... And every time I'm like, can I get a LaCroix? They're like, all that's available is bubbly. I'm like, God damn it!" So I just have tons of bubbly in the house. And I'm drinking <laughs> it like a fish, Ben.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's good stuff. I like it. You
0: know what my daughter told me? And we'll end with this. I said, I'm loving carbonated water so much maybe I should get one of those soda stream things where you got to buy the little bottle and then you make your own carbonated water uh, from your tap water. Yeah. And she said, you're going to start doing milk. Why would I, why would I do milk? She goes, you got to carbonate that milk. Like, why would you carbonate milk? She goes, that's what all the suburban moms are doing. Now they all get the soda stream in Like in the fancy, you know, rich people city that she lives in. She's like, they're all getting the soda stream and they're all carbonating that milk.
1: Like, is she well, being serious or is she just fucking with
0: you? I think she's... At first I thought she was fucking with me, but the way she kept talking about it, I'm like, I think this is a thing, and now I sort of want to try it. Even though I'm totally lactose intolerant, I'll drink it and be like, well, that was a weird little experience, and then just have diarrhea for six hours afterwards. But I kind of want to do it.
1: I, I'm i sorry. I didn't realize you are lactose intolerant. Um, Why would you apologize? I, Not like I said I had cancer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. To <laughs> you. Um, I, uh, I'm a little intrigued. I don't know... If that's, I can't decide if that sounds good or not.
0: I'm the same spot. It's kind of like a, the uncanny valley when you're watching yeah. a, like a 3D movie or a 3D animated movie, and you can't, your brain can't decide if it's fake or real. If it's too realistic, it's the same thing with the milk. It's like, well, gross, or is it? Milk's good. Uh, carbonated yeah. milk, and you just go back and forth and back and forth, and you can never settle. So,
1: is, is there some supposed benefit to carbonating the milk, or is just
0: cool? No. Well, I'm sure that like. You know they're all doing the God what's that weird fragrance stuff that's supposed to call, like cure cancer that you can buy at any grocery store now
1: I don't know i uh,
0: you'd know if I could remember the damn name it's the covid it's muddled my brain um it's It's like a pyramid scheme where you sell essential oils there you go, so essential oh, okay. oils is like a pyramid scheme where you're supposed to sell it, but they also sell it in stores now too and stuff, and they all claim to be able to cure all sorts of illnesses and there was a time when they claim be able they were claiming to cure cancer. Behind the Bastards podcast is a wonderful thing. Uh, it teaches you so much about horrible people and how they make their money. But anyways, uh, yeah, I'm sure that all these uh, uh, you know rich suburban types will randomly decide that uh, when they're not on the Goop website, buying candles that smell like vaginas, <laughs> they're going to say Wish, that
1: this milk... Which they're sold out of. Last time I tried to buy one, they were sold out.
0: <laughs> are you kidding?
1: I thought it'd be a funny... Uh... Valentine's Day gift when I was uh, Really? Yeah, when I was not single there for the, those few months but <laughs> it was sold out Also, they were if they had not been sold out, it was like fucking $80 for one of them. That's
0: amazing I was just so. going to say, like, that line of, like, gift giving like, even a joke gift giving is probably the reason why you're not in a relationship
1: <laughs> No one, Oh, it was going to be, yeah whatever.
0: If your girlfriend at the time bought you a penis candle would you light it? No you
1: yeah, would have thought That was hilarious It smells like
0: a sweaty Used <laughs> penis Like a hint of urine At the tip Kind of thing And you wouldn't like that
1: She, she would have liked it First of all She likes candles so, <laughs> for different involved, reasons, she had a, a sense of humor, she would have thought it was funny. Uh, I, anyway, like the, I like the reason that, that she likes it, candles. The, it, the relationship failed for other reasons, so <laughs> it wasn't that mindset.
0: I just think it's kind of like a hint of the other bigger problems. I just love that you're just like, well, oh, she likes candles. Uh, I hear her saying, like, I wish this candle smelled like chocolate or human feces. I found one that smells <laughs> like a vagina. So it's like
1: <laughs> no, no, it doesn't smell like a vagina. It smells like the Paltrow's vagina, right? I
0: mean, no, and can you imagine, if that's true, if she took herself seriously and she made the vagina candle like, without trying to be funny or cheat the system or whatever, like, she's like, no, it literally needs to smell like my vagina. Like, if she took that part seriously, what, what was going on in the clinic? to extract the smell to try to recreate it like i i don't want
1: to do they think they had to like hire like the whoever like the director of scents from like chanel or something to come over and like yeah you you concocted chanel number five or whatever famous fragrance we need you to need you to come up with a vagina candle (laughs) (laughs) we got to get this right
0: i just love the idea that it's like <clears throat> the guy from Chanel who also freelances making random candles for other people based on armpits yeah. and like,
1: hey, ear if, the wealth, pri- if the price is right, he, he'll, he'll get the job done for you. It's
0: like vagina candle. Well, it turns out I got a, a machine that is a very swab focused machine that I can bring over and uh, I'll bring all the samples back to my home lab and I'll have something up for you in a week. <laughs> I can recreate that smell in no time. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah. Well on that, that was a great way to end the show. Um, I agree. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk, I have to record uh, my own. I didn't. I got all sick feeling where I didn't record my own uh, little Leaves of Glen thing, So no. I got to do that after we get done here. There's gonna be a okay. lot of podcasting
1: tonight. Well, it's good. It's good for you.
0: Good yeah, for the spirit. That's good
1: for the spirit.
0: All right. Thank you. Bye.
1: Bye. Nope. Oh.